0: Welcome to the Challengers, a VCCP business podcast series where in each episode, a girl goes deep into the woods, challenges a bear, and a podcast ensues. With thanks to the B2B leaders featured for their candor on meeting business place demands and ensuring the B2B experience is every bit as powerful as consumer experiences. Welcome to today's Challenger podcast. I'm Fiona Cooper, Chief Marketing Officer of VCCP Business and today I'm delighted that we're talking to Rachel Carone. Rachel is Brand Director at Starling Bank and oversees all of the brand and marketing activity. Her background is in financial services and she's worked for some of the world's largest organizations including Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan and RBS. She's passionate about brand purpose and values and doing the right thing for customers and teams. Building the Starling brand and having the opportunity to change the world of banking for the better has been a highlight of her career as well as launching Starling Kite, a product that teaches children how to manage their money from an early age. In her spare time, Rachel can be found at the side of a pitch, supporting her three boys in various sporting activities. So welcome. Thank you, Rachel. Um, Really delighted that you're able to join us today. And and let's start. So we're in the woods. Uh, A bear comes along. Uh, The bear obviously representing a big, scary business or marketing challenge. And the first question to you is what bear would you like to challenge and why?
1: Thanks Fiona and um, yeah thank you for having me on to talk about my bear today. <laughs> I think when um, when we first spoke it was uh, you know there's obviously lots and lots of bears out there and lots of challenges but there was sort of only one bear probably for me um, at the moment that, um, that I really want to challenge um, and that is the bear of sexist and misogynist language and imagery in marketing and advertising. Excellent, I, that's exactly what I would hope for from a challenger bank <laughs> and I'm delighted
0: to hear it so do elaborate first. So um, where has this come from? Has it always been around and, and and how do you view it and what are you doing about it?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, unfortunately, I think this bear has always been around. Um, I think, you know, it, marketing and advertising is all around us. You know, wherever we go, you know, we're, we're constantly sort of, you know, being advertised to and marketed to. So, you know, there's this sort of feeling of not being able to escape it sometimes. And I feel, you know, it's... It, this bear of sort of, you know, this sexist kind of language and imagery, I think, is just something that still exists. And I think, you know, we think that we're in 2021 and we've got through a lot of this stuff and we just haven't. You know, I, I see some brands getting it so wrong. And, you know, you would think sort of by now that, you know, it, it's been such an issue for so long. You know, the ASA have have brought out kind of new standards around sexism and advertising, but it's still happening over and over again, um, and I think, you know, it's for me, this is something that has kind of bothered me for a long time. And I think earlier on in my career, I, I almost didn't know what to do about it because it just felt like such a huge bear and such a huge challenge and something that was so ingrained in how we used imagery as a society. Um, and I think, you know, sort of my last sort of four years at Starling, I've really felt that I have been able to change things and that, you know, we've, we've built a brand from the ground up. And I think focusing on these types of things right from the beginning is, you know, been been a huge thing for us to be able to do. Mm. And I mean, obviously, fintechs
0: are the challenges as in financial services. And I suppose FS is perhaps one of the sectors that is going to be the slowest to change. But there have been things like the the Women in Finance Charter from the Treasury obviously there's a massive d i focus at the moment, so do you feel as though can you see in the four years that it has improved across the board or do you still think it's as much a bear that's still alive and and hence why it's your core one?
1: yeah, I think things are changing for the better um and I think you know as you say, there's certainly been a lot more focus on it but I think you know particularly in financial services and particularly where it comes to you know seeing image imagery of people using money for example you know it's it's still very much you know women are very much portrayed as kind of you know with coins and with piggy banks and almost in this childlike (laughs) way whereas you know men are seen as these kind of big strong confident characters with you know a suit and glasses and you know carrying sort of wads of cash or standing outside a big glass-fronted building in the city you know so I think the the way that men and women are being portrayed in the in this type of imagery is st- it still exists and it you know it, it does exist a lot across financial services.
0: And is it the same in business banking as well because obviously the challenger banks often um, and with yourselves you started off with a consumer audience but you've moved now to include business banking and is it you know Is it all businesses that are run by men? You know, are we still in the same issue, which is business banking? Is it actually perhaps even worse in terms of the sexism and the misogyny?
1: Yeah, I think I think for, you know, and and I think when we talk about sort of B2B marketing or business marketing, I think it it covers so many different types of businesses, you know, from the kind of large corporate and institutions to the SMEs and entrepreneurs who are much more a sort of typical Starling customer um and i think for those people marketing to the larger institutions there's this feeling of needing to be sort of really formal and serious you know mm. to show how credible you are and i think often the the sort of personality of the brand and your your purpose kind of take a back seat because of that Um, so I think you know there is a challenge in b2b marketing and you know certainly in previous roles I felt quite restricted in how I could kind of you know market b2b services but giving sort of more of that same thought process to b2b as you do to b2c is really important so looking at the kind of you know your values what you stand for you know a more human and sort of empathetic element being more approachable and straightforward. You know, the same things that you would do in consumer marketing, I think really should sort of, you know, flow through into B2B marketing as well. (laughs)
0: No, that's a lovely link as well, because we talk a lot about how and um, BCC Business that we believe that the experience that you have from a brand and B2B should be just as powerful as B2C. So picking up on what you mentioned there in terms of personality and purpose and really bringing that through and across, you know, what, do you believe that B2B is often a less powerful brand
1: experience? Mm. I mean, it's interesting actually because I think, you know, as as I mentioned, obviously a lot a lot of the customers that, that I deal with in my sort of day-to-day work at Starling are very much sort of on the smaller SME and entrepreneurial side. So, you know, we don't really split B2B and B2C marketing. We market our brand to all of those customers. Um, so we don't sort of separate the two, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, these these are all real people who, who often bank with us as consumers as well as as a business customer.
0: So recognising that blurring between the audiences, what do you see as the biggest challenge in B2B marketing?
1: I think as marketers, we've got a big challenge about really giving a much more realistic portrayal of businesses today. B2B marketing is still very stereotypically male and I think you know this can be really alienating for lots of people running businesses. I think the challenge is, you know, we need we need to be more inclusive, we need to make it much more realistic and we need to be much less stereotypical. In in our recent last B2B campaign. It was very much centred around a woman entrepreneur, you know, running her business, being in control. And it was quite emotional. And I think having those sort of human and emotional moments is just as important in B2B marketing as it is in B2C.
0: I wonder if we could ask more about your role as the marketing lead at Starling. And the pressure that seems to now be upon marketeers to be the business rock stars, uniting different levers across the business. How do
1: you feel the role of the CMO is changing? Mm. I mean, you know, I. I think CMOs, heads of marketing, brand directors, you know, we we have a sort of, you know, I think every year our role and the ex- expectations of the role sort of grow and grow. And, you know, I think on the on the plus side, that's great, because I think, you know, I, certainly in my role, kind of having worked for a, a startup and now scale up and sort of high growth company is that you get to, you know, to be involved in lots and lots of different things and not just the sort of traditional marketing projects. You know the way the way we work at Starling is you know very much around sort of you know we we for example have a a weekly meeting where sort of instead of each teams having their weekly meetings we have a meeting where we kind of we get together with so there'll be you know there'll be myself there'll be our head of comms um, our CIO the head of data the head of growth we'll all get together um, and it's more of a sort of a time where we can kind of we can put ideas on the table. And all sort of agree what the priorities are and what we need to focus on. So rather than having sort of marketing priorities or growth priorities or, you know, even tech priorities, we're kind of all discussing what the priorities are for the business together. So, you know, I I guess the approach means that we're sort of hitting those multiple goals of of growing our customer base at the same time as growing the brand and managing the reputation of Starling at the same time. Yeah. Do you think that's a virtue, a benefit of the fact that you are,
0: as you said, a sort of startup where it was a cleaner sheet of paper to be able to build from
1: do you think that's going to be more difficult to maintain as you 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 get bigger you know you're the best a hundred percent yeah I think when you've you know when you're building a brand from scratch when you're building a business from scratch you know you you are writing you know the rule book however you want it to be and you know when it certainly when it comes to things like you know our brand who we are what we stand for what our values are you know we've we've built that right from scratch you know we don't have sort of you know, to worry about something that was, you know, set 100 years ago, and that we need to sort of try and adhere to. So 100% it is easier to do that. But I think, you know, there are certainly a lot of learnings that some of the bigger organisations can take from some of the startups, you know, I think sort of just being able to work in this much more collaborative way, instead of working in silos, which, you know, I know is, you know, something that I always found quite restrictive in bigger organisations, you know, you were sort of in your you know, in your silo, in your team, in your box, where you were very focused on what your own priorities were for your team, but actually, you didn't necessarily know what the priorities were for the rest of the business. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's certainly one of the things that we've worked really hard to to maintain as we've grown, you know, when I joined Starling, there was about 70 people, we're now up to about 1800. So, you know, huge growth. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's where. Yeah, that's where the values come, come into it. And I think, you know, that's why it's really important to kind of always know what your your sort of North Star is and for everybody to kind of agree on that.
0: Yeah. And and do you feel because Chief Marketing Officer and having to sort of be the instigator for that change and that challenge? I mean, now there's 1800 of you. Are you all of a similar breed? Are you all instigate? You know, do challengers attract the like and and you're all there, out there challenging? or And do you need to remain being top challenger as it were in terms of always looking as to how you're going to keep the brand living up to the expectations you came out strong into the market you're expected to remain strong so do you have to keep a, a weather eye on how
1: you maintain that position definitely and i think you know it's something that's so ingrained in the dna of the company that we kind of we do it quite naturally without even having to think about it you know it's and you know i think there's 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 definitely a certain type of person that comes to work at starling and i think there's a certain type of culture and it's it's almost like you know people want to make a difference they they want to make the world a better place and they want to be sort of part of this movement and i think you know people don't come to work at starling because it's a 9 to 5 job or cuz they need to get paid at the end of the month you know they really genuinely believe in what we're doing um so i think you know it it's we we have a huge kind of you know diverse staff now and you know people from all different industries um, and I think yeah it's very you know I remember interviewing people when I worked for some of the bigger banks you know and one of the first things you'd want to know is how many of the other big banks they'd work for because that was the most important thing when it came to recruitment um, you know many years ago whereas now you know we we recruit most people who don't come from a banking background particularly in sort of creative and marketing roles um, and I think that's a really sort of interesting shift and you know, whether that's a kind of startup versus a very established company or whether that's kind of just how, you know, how the world's kind of turned. I think it's actually a real benefit to a team to have different people from different walks of life, but also from different industries.
0: Absolutely. And I suppose that comes on to my next question, which is around the sort of that North Star you mentioned, that purpose and impact, which are sort of ingrained in the beginning from your Conception as uh, Starling. And they're obviously very much at the top of the corporate agenda for every business at the moment. But I just wondered how, if you could maybe share a bit about how they guide Starling and how you keep it... As your North Star. I mean, I'd heard, for instance, before from another pension fintech, but that, you know, the teams almost were a great barometer as to new products or services coming through where they would feel, Mm-mm, that doesn't fit, doesn't feel right with our North Star. That it's almost like this um, a, a sort of larger mass of 1800 of you become your sort of own, own North Star. So I just wonder how much purpose and impact are really guiding you as the brand and, and then also even you personally.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, Starling, you know, as I mentioned, is a is kind of been a purpose driven company right from day one. Um, you know, Anne, our CEO and founder, obviously, you know, the only woman to have set up a bank in the UK, set up Starling with the goal of giving everybody the opportunity to lead a kind of healthy financial life. Um, but you know, what Anne's mission was right from the very beginning was to to challenge those old ways. Um, and I think that's kind of that's always been our mission our our actual mission statement is changing banking for good and you know obviously it everything we do you know is is kind of laddering up to that mission Um, and that that is our North Star right across the business and I think whether that's for our customers for our own people internally for the industry and And for the planet, you know, people kind of work at Starling because they feel like they're making a difference. And I think sort of that sense of purpose is is very important to people. Um, And certainly, you know, everything we do in marketing and brand ladders up to that purpose and our reason for being, you know, whether it's the products and features that we develop, um, you know, for example, through the pandemic, we launched um, in the first lockdown, we launched a product called the Connected Card, which meant that people who were self-isolating could actually give a card to a carer or a family member who could go out and do their shopping for them. Um, So just to kind of, you know, we managed to get that out within about two or three weeks of the pandemic kind of happening. So, you know, there's always that feeling of kind of, how can we make our customers lives better and easier and you know sort of always listening to customers i guess and just sort of always having that thing in the back of your mind whether it's you know a new product whether it's a new marketing campaign whether it's a new partnership you know does does that fit in with our reason for being and our purpose and if it doesn't then actually why are we doing it Yeah. I also spoke with somebody else
0: from your business a couple of years ago where you talked about the sort of ethics, even in the code that you're developing, that you're actually thinking about that and keeping it at the forefront of how you progress. Or I think you were one of the first, were you not the first to put the gambling blocker on as well? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So just, yeah, you've just got to, you've got to, you then create a precedent and the heritage you've got
1: to maintain. Um, Yeah. And that's it. And it's kind of, you know, and it is, It is maintaining it, but I think when it's something that's you know, as I say, when it's when it's part of your dna it comes quite naturally um you know i suppose just sort of you know going back to the you know the sexism in marketing you know one of the the something that we've been working on for about the past three years actually is a campaign a sort of ongoing campaign called make money equal and it's very much around sort of you know giving representation in images in language that we use you know and we you know it's an ongoing campaign and and we've we've kind of produced this whole you know we've done lots of research into this area a bit like the you know as I mentioned before about the um you know the the images that we use and and how that affects people so much, particularly when it's imagery of people with money or in kind of a financial situation and you know, we worked with uh, with a photo agency last year to, uh, sorry, this year, 2021, to actually produce a whole image library of our own, which really kind of represents people as they are today and not this kind yeah. of cookie cutter, you know, sort of woman in her 20s or 30s who's blonde with clear skin and shiny hair, you know. And because, juggling
0: the baby on her hip and smiling, yeah.
1: Exactly, you know, and sort of always telling people that, you know, they've got to be, better or thinner or you know manage things better you know we we don't do that we don't talk to people in that way because it's you know at the end of the day it's, it's patronizing um, and I think yeah. as a brand you know it's that is really important to us and again it's kind of ingrained in the way that we've developed over the last few years but you know it's certainly something that's been there right from the very beginning.
0: Yeah well I think it's a very worthy bear to be slain frankly so um, fantastic to hear it. <laughs> So um, we're basically now at the point of our bears are exhausted. The bear has been slain. Um, and so just wanted to finish with asking you about your most memorable picnic. Uh, where was it, and why is it your most memorable?
1: Oh, um, I probably over the last year or so since uh since being locked in for so long as we all were, um, you know, I I think there came a point where you know we were kind of allowed that bit of freedom, and we were so desperate to kind of get out of the house. Think, you know, again as we all were. Um, and really desperate to just go to the seaside and just swim in the sea, so we packed the kids in the car, we packed the tent into the car, we packed a load of food into the car, left at about six o'clock in the morning, and drove down to Durdle Door in Dorset. Oh, lovely! Oh, you know, it was it was like this feeling of kind of freedom and and heaven to be honest you know and we kind of we we arrived at the beach we all jumped in the sea we swam in the cold water very cold water British seaside got out of the water and just had this amazing picnic on the beach overlooking the sea and you know I think you know myself my husband the kids you know we just all had this sense of kind of wow you know this is yeah this is amazing this is exactly
0: the release from the yeah the monotony which no that sounds absolutely wonderful and i know dirtled particularly well so a very gorgeous place to have been able to escape to rachel thank you so much it's always a joy to speak to anybody from starling but particularly to have heard your story and and how you're challenging that sexism and misogyny um and long may it continue and let's see hopefully more of a result across the board across other fs brands not just coming through from from starling thank you so much Thanks, Fiona. Thank you for having me on. You've been listening to The Challengers, a VCCP business podcast series. For more episodes, visit our website, bccp.com forward slash capabilities forward slash business.